Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? everybody hello and welcome to the film room yes we have recurring guest zephyr back with us hello hello hey and we're getting to a topic that maybe theoretically we're a little late on but we waited on this one for a while yeah because why not except in a way we were kind of a little bit early because we actually covered this back in 2015 some of this stuff did we Yes, we did. We did a cast on the state of criticism, and, we did. Uh, and I revisited it so that I can bring up some points that have evolved in the time since. Yeah, because it's time. It's time to tear this. It's get our knives out. It's time to tear into Doug Walker. Yeah. Well, Channel Awesome in general. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the four years since we did this, it's changed for them. It's changed for them dramatically. And I want to get into, we're going to get into why, and we're going to let Zephyr just absolutely run, run mm-hmm. with abandon on uh, a certain review that's been getting a lot of attention. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, you know that he's selling the album? Album? Yes. He's... What album? Okay. Uh, not up on this part okay so to give a little teaser for everyone here uh doug walker recently took it upon himself to do a video on the 1982 film adaptation of pink floyd's the wall Uh, Uh, this has been apparently in the making for quite some time and allegedly holds a dear plate dear space in a lot of Doug's crew's hearts. Mm-hmm. The uh, video launched a few weeks ago and it is literally the worst review i have ever seen in my entire fucking life and and this particular video is done as a musical review with complete quote-unquote parody lyrics of the wall and you can stream it on spotify oh no it loads that sounds awful. It is awful. It is fucking horrendous. Yeah. But I, let's uh, let let's get into some of the beef here with Doug yeah. because uh, there's a lot. Yeah, y'all mm-hmm. listeners, we got a lot to talk about here, and we mm-hmm. don't have it. We don't have acres of time, but we definitely have enough time. We're we're not gonna hit on everything, but we have to begin by. I think the thing that we have to basically acknowledge is that Channel Awesome is, for all intents and purposes, a two-man show now, and one of those men is only hosting his videos on the side out of loyalty. Oh, yeah. Um, it is pr- it, Channel Awesome is, for all intents and purposes, 
Doug Walker and Brad Jones only. They don't have any of the... Um, now, I was not fully up on everything. Like, I knew they had parted ways with their... Uh, or at least the um, content creators parted ways with them over mistreatment. I did not know the full extent of it until I read the Change the Channel document, which we will be posting with the episode. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't sure today. That was posted like a year ago. I wasn't sure today what the status is worth because it said it mentions that there are flood there were a flood of new content creators. How many of them are still with them? I have no idea. And the thing is, mm-hmm. you don't hear about them. No. Um. Yeah, because they don't give a shit. <laughs> and the thing is, I still hear about some mm-hmm. of the content creators that I knew through Channel Awesome. Um, I still watch Todd in the Shadows stuff. Same. Because, because I, I still watch uh, Lindsay Ellis. Mm-hmm. I, I don't but, watch her, but I'm going to say this. I don't particularly like the stuff that she does, but it's not that I think it's bad. It's that it's not my taste. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and like Red Wine. That's, Wa- that's Red fairly Wa- understandable. Um, mm-hmm. I, rap critic, I watch everything he does. Um, I still really love Linkara's stuff. I still think that guy is a real boon to comic book fans because I think he really does love the material and he really does a great job of even in a negative review telling you, hey, here's what you should be watching. Here's what you should be reading instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also just is a cool guy in terms of a- interacting with the community. But uh, let's see. I still watch a uh, browse held high, uh, Kyle Calgren. And, uh, you know, just because he's the one that's covering all of the uh, like the artsier side of films that, you know, he Doug's to not going to cover. Brad's not going to cover it. Mm-hmm. He seems Somebody. to hate Harmony Kareen about as much as I do. So, yeah. And I really hate him. So, yeah. Oh, God, I. I'm so, y'all, Spring Breakers was so goddamn awful. It annoys me that people think it was something great. I'm like, oh, but that that's a subject for another cast. Yeah. Um, I just, but it's hard to ignore that there has been a true, it's fallen apart. Mm-hmm. The site, the, the community has fallen apart. Um, I want to point out that um, Alison Craigler, the, person, the woman who is, really responsible for getting the change the channel movement going yeah. in the first place hers uh, was hers was the longest bit on the document mm, she had the most to we, say we will get into hers she mm-hmm. has she was asked recently did she ever think there'd be another channel awesome again and she said no because there's you know hosting all you have to do is go on youtube and host your stuff mm-hmm. and that it's not set up that we need that community anymore no and here's and here's the thing. I think she's right because at the end of the day, Channel Awesome, while it had so many great people contributing to it, it was fundamentally a glorification site for Doug Walker. Mm-hmm. Especially at the end. Yeah. And <laughs> so let's, let's, clear. let's step back and this would be a good time to stop and discuss that damn document. Yeah. Again, we'll be posting it. It's It's rather lengthy, but I finished it in 24 hours. It was, it's... It's a novel. Fascinating. Yeah. It's a fast, it's a harrowing and fascinating read. Um, 
I mean, so much of it. Here's the thing: you almost have to condense it down to bullet points. Um, and they did. Like, there's yeah. a there's a shorter version available too. Yeah. Within the document. Within the document, yes. yes. What it comes down to is, there was epic mismanagement at this site for mm-hmm. years. Um, the thing that really has to be stressed is Doug Walker was, for all intents and purposes, he's a figurehead at the site. Like as much as we want, as much as we're going to be trashing Walker, uh, he doesn't seem to have that much power at the site, which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like it really seems like everything was run by um, his brother mm-hmm. and Mike Michaud, the owner of the site, mm-hmm. and they were the ones that were making all the business decisions that alienated everybody. I mean. Mm-hmm. This is also complicated that I'm going to do my best to just chime in with what I remember. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, one of the big ones was Lindsay Ellis was the first was the first big departure. Mm-hmm. She was the first one who really bolted. And I, I don't blame her for, for bolting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She bolted shortly. She actually bolted shortly after to bolt the fleet, fittingly enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, it's really one of the best decisions she's ever done. I mean, hell, she was just nominated for a fucking Hugo Award. A Hugo. Oh, was she? Yeah, for her uh, Hobbit videos. Damn. And, and, you know, uh, and she's also done some collaborations with uh, PBS Digital Studios here and there. Just got a book deal? Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, she's she's doing great for herself, and she's doing stuff that, you know, it's actually worth discussing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really get the feeling that for her, a lot of leaving was creative. I get the feeling that for her, it was, I don't fit in here, Mm -hmm. I'm gone. Yeah, my understanding, uh, like, a few general points on the document like the recurring themes that come up because it's structured yeah that's the best way to do yeah. to talk about the document is yeah talk about the recurring themes because if we go story by story yeah we're going to be here all day it's structured to where everybody like every everybody who wanted to participate one by one gets their say like in bullet points and it's like it's kind of condensing a lot of storytelling from twitter and um yeah, so some of the bullet points was, like, yeah, mismanagement, um, like, especially with the anniversary movies, like, they did not know what they were doing. That's a lot of it, actually. They did not know what they were doing. They didn't mm-hmm. care to know what they were doing. They didn't care about the human level of their contributors. Like, yeah, it was the Doug show. They gave, um, they gave, uh, nostalgia credit. Like, there's one where they... Where he says, yeah, there's pressure to have, oh, yeah, you gotta put up two videos per month. And it, like, their general policy was, like, you get one strike, and then on the second strike, you're out, which makes no sense. And it was for little things, like, some people they just ignored completely. Like, you know, it's a lot of abuse and neglect. And, uh, there were some that, like, there's some troubling themes. Like, in To Boldly Flee, like, there were, like, 
nobody knew that he was leaving until like they got the script and then like they felt that it was um like it's heavily suggested that uh everyone on the site is leaving so which is funny mm-hmm. which is funny because again uh, i watched just about everybody on the site except for doug now mm-hmm. gee yeah and it's yeah and i didn't i forgot when i stopped watching nostalgia critic like it was probably around 2015 uh when, That's when we did the review, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh. I remember you said there was a really transphobic review of uh, yeah. Jupiter Ascending that they put up where they just... Yes, they did. For a solid, like, ten, five, ten minutes, they made fun of uh, the Wachowski sisters. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's, that's problematic, among other things, but just... Yeah, recurring theme, just like, yeah, they, they were given, on the sets of those anniversaries, they were given, like, no adequate, like, they had to be told that they had to provide water and food. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had not let them rest. Like, they did not, it's, it's just mismanagement at every level. Can I point out, by the way, that, uh, you know, the movies were famously poorly made. Like, uh-huh. Walker had no idea how to edit Mm-hmm. how to assemble movies apparently mm-hmm. i've never watched any of these damn things apparently they're four hours long they are i i've watched all of them and yeah they are they're in like the Ir- three parts each can i just point out that the irishman is three hours and uh 30 minutes and that's being treated as excessive and that's mm-hmm. from martin scorsese mm-hmm. working with al pacino robert de niro and joe pesci you know, yeah. something that might actually merit being that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Jeez. I want to make a comparison point, by the way. Do you know who James Rolfe had to score his movie? Because, who? you know, Doug Walker couldn't figure out how to do anything at all. And James that's, Rolfe had... That's the Angry Video Game Nerd, right? Yeah. yeah yes. Angry, you know who scored the Angry Video Game Nerd, the movie? Who? Uh, that would be Bear McCreary. Whose credits this summer included um, uh, Child's Play? He did a really cool score for that. That I oh heard. shit, wow! And the real big one, he did Godzilla this summer. Oh wow! So so James Rolfe goes and gets a guy who is an absolute beast of a composer, and even though he wasn't quite working at that level, he was already Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. You know. He was already a name. He was already someone you knew if you were into composing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, McCreary is just incredible. He is, he's a titan. So, uh, yeah. So, Doug Walker could not figure this stuff out. And he had the resources. If he wanted this to be something notable, he mm-hmm. could have done something. Yeah. And what's what's really funny, like, one, one of the main points that I'm just like, oh, wow, that's bad was um, they were talking about how inept, like someone was talking about how inept he was at technology in general. And um, the point that stuck out, because uh, they said, um, we had to try to teach him to use, how to use Skype recorder, because they were going to record their, like all the meetings, start recording all the meetings for like more transparency and so they could refer back to it. And of course, Mm -hmm. the the other main part that, the recurring theme that kept coming up is, oh yeah, they'd implement all this stuff to, you know, at the demand of the producers, uh, to 
um, try to improve things, they do it for like a couple tries and then they just drop it. Yep. And, uh, but yeah, he was so inept. Uh, like they they tried to teach him how to use Skype recorder, which is the thing we are using right now. It's the thing we frequently use to record the show. And they say it's literally just one button. It comes uh-huh. up with this. It comes up with the program. It's one button, and it's like, yeah, I can vouch for this. And they could not teach him how to use it, or he just didn't want to learn, or something. Yeah, and it's like, wow, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> that is. Bad. There is there mm-hmm. is a level of ineptitude running through this company. Uh, mm-hmm. There are, there were, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the whole, right? The fact that like they thought right jokes were okay. Yeah, to boldly flee. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like they tried to explain to Doug why uh, it wasn't cool, and he just didn't get it, so his solution was to just do the scene. And, like, as is in the script, it's like, uh, no. No, no, no. 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 Walker, I'm going to say this about his taste. I think his taste is stuck somewhere about 2005. Mm, yeah, like, which which it's one of those things. It's one of those things. It seems fairly progressive, you know, mm-hmm. but then you stop and realize it's really not because a lot of time has passed mm-hmm. and a lot has changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, like he did a video back before the site was redesigned entirely on his uh, his top. 20 favorite movies and they were almost kind of like film bro-y honestly yeah film bro like, yeah very film bro like i i remember clockwork orange was definitely on there mm. which there's like, nothing wrong with having that on there but you better be able to say more than it was cool right. exactly like yeah speaking but, of Speaking of rape-heavy things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. like, he has, you know, stuff like A Clockwork Orange and Eyes Wide Shut and fucking Brazil uh-huh. on his list. Yeah? But... He doesn't really like... He's honestly media illiterate. That's mm-hmm. what's crazy, is to have which, those Which I'll get movies. to when, you know, it comes to be my time, but this... This man is very film illiterate to a point where mm-hmm. it's it's actually damaged online criticism on honestly. Has he mm-hmm. ever given any indication that he's watched a foreign film? A foreign film? I've never seen any indication from him that he has any understanding of cinema outside of America. Hmm. I honestly have no idea. There is a real, because you're right, there is a real, there is a real illiteracy to him. You know, and here's the thing, you can talk about the fact that Kubrick and Gilliam have made some great films, and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fault those three films as being, you know, strong, excellent films, Mm -hmm. but they are, you almost forget how very popular Kubrick and Gilliam are, ultimately. Mm -hmm. They're not obscure, um... And I'm putting this right. coming from someone whose favorite movie is goddamn Casablanca, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, at least I can talk about it more than a surface level. Yeah. 
for the record, I don't think Casablanca is a great romance. I think mm-hmm. it's a great morality tale. And yeah. one day we will eventually get a cast on it after yeah. all the disastrous tries we've had. Uh, but, you know, that's <laughs> the thing. I don't think Walker, you know, he, I think it's really telling that he worships Don Bluth, if this makes any sense. Oh, and yeah. I'm not knock, and I'm not knocking Don Bluth. I think Bluth was, in his prime, a great. Mm-hmm. But I also think Bluth got stuck and stuck fast. I think I'll tell you a big reason that, that I that I find Bluth kind of an unsettling case is, like Bluth, Walker was handed a moment where he could have changed so much. Mm-hmm. He could have evolved so much and grown so much, and he sold out so which, hard. Which makes it all the more fucking bizarre when Don Bluth was on a Doug Walker video. Was he was there really? First? Yes. Oh yes, God! Yeah, it's, it's because I again I know that I'm I, I'm uh, I'm playing with fire here. They're birds of a feather. They both sold out and chased the money so hard. Hmm. This is my way of saying we need to do a Titan AE cast. A Titan AE cast? Yeah. Was now that I yeah. Wanna... was that Don Bluth? Yeah. That is a Don Bluth film. Now I will point oh. out, Bluth wanted to make Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And they said no, and that was what he had to make instead. Huh. Now I I will forever wonder what the state of feature animation would be would have been like if we had gotten an animated Frankenstein. Hmm. I cry at the thought of what we were robbed of. Dang. But getting back to Walker, you're right. He's media illiterate, and mm-hmm. the thing is, because this site was so very driven to be like Doug. Everyone be like Doug, mm-hmm. Rob Walker, and Mike Michaud. That media literacy seeped into the rest of the site. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, it seeped into. We want everything on this level. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the yeah. most damaging things that uh, Pregler said in her bit of the commentary was saying that Walker had no idea that you could just be yourself and mm-hmm. not be a character. He was like, "Who are you imitating?" Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like and, he to to elaborate on that, he uh or she he had her on for like one of the after he came back, like just like a big part in one of his reviews and like I guess she does a it's been a while since I've seen any of them, but uh, she does like a naturally high kind of giggly voice. Yeah, and, she does. Yeah, and uh That's I, her voice. I seem to remember that and he's like, Well so who do you who are you modeling that after? Like no mate it's just my voice this is how i talk when i actually yeah. it's like and it's like he could not wrap his mind around the fact or around the concept of um you know making your own original comedy all comedy to him was just a rip of something With, yes it was that's amazing to me like just wow this like, says a lot about you dude <laughs> Like, I, I briefly want to go back on the uh, media illiteracy thing because I... do, because I could go for hours on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's no surprise that Doug Walker idolized Roger Ebert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's talk about the fact that uh, when Ebert was still around, mm-hmm. uh, Doug did a tribute video, like a legit tribute video... Yes. Mm-hmm. To at the movies, and Ebert retweeted that. That's right. 
And there's also footage of Doug getting his copy of Your Movie Sucks mm-hmm. by Ebert. Mm-hmm. And to see, you know, to see footage of the man that we, you know, who mm-hmm. did a lot of film criticism really well mm-hmm. at, you know, signing a book for somebody that, like, if Roger was still with us, I, he might be regretting this. Mm-hmm. You know, the irony is, you talk about media literacy. Roger Ebert was one of our greatest gifts to media literacy because he made it palatable. He mm-hmm. made he he made media literacy easy. He didn't make the great films of cinema this daunting task. He made it seem fun. He made it seem mm-hmm. like getting into all this stuff was entertaining, not homework. Mm-hmm. That is something that I miss about Ebert, and that is something that. Doug Walker really makes everything seem like homework. If it's not the most basic popcorn shit. Yeah. And I, I just, I again, I haven't watched his reviews in many years, mm-hmm. but I keep hearing over and over again that his points are things like Mad Max Fury Road is bad because it's not as good as Beyond Thunderdome. Okay. Okay, uh, you know what, you can, and you know what, that right there speaks to where Doug Walker's mind is at. Mm-hmm. He prefers, because I, mark my words, he prefers Beyond Thunderdome because it's what he grew up watching. Ah, uh, nostalgia, Chris. It does, the irony of his name is that mm-hmm. he is so stuck in the things he loved growing up. Because, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Beyond Thunderdome is a fine movie, I'm not knocking it. But mm-hmm. Fury Road? That's a goddamn masterpiece. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Fury Road is kind of a goddamn masterpiece. Fury Road mm-hmm. is Fury Road is uh, George Miller going, look, I may only get one more shot at this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blow up cinema. going to make it count here. <laughs> like People it, forget. Like, it's... Okay, so I've only seen uh, of the Mad Max films. The only other one I've seen is Road Warrior. I've seen some of the first one, but it's like, okay. Now, Fury Road can stand on its own. And I think that's a testament to, like, a sequel of anything. If it could just stand on its own. Like, and you don't have to have seen the other ones. It's just this... I mean... I, it's just one of those things... I don't even think I need to say anything more about it. If I reference Fury Road, we should just all agree, yeah, that's that's, you know... But that's the thing. Doug Walker, when he did his review of it, it had to be compared to the thing he grew up on. And the Mm -hmm. irony of his... So he's stuck in this bizarre position where he's reviewing things that are... that he can't help but compare to the originals. Mm -hmm. Look, yes, Jurassic World isn't as good as Jurassic Park. No one's disputing that. Mm -hmm. Big deal. Mm -hmm. And then there's weird... No, like... go, Go on. Like, some of those reviews, like the Mad Max and the uh, Jurassic World one, those were done while they were still very much in the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like, I started doing that. Yeah, like, sometimes, like, a week or two 
after the premiere, he do a video, and this was especially uh, noticeable when uh, we got the new Star Wars trilogy. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's around when I stopped watching. Like when he started doing the uh, the uh, oh, it's still in theater. Let's do a review, yeah, you know, sort of thing. Which is like a no, you've you've just broke your premise. Like, it's fine. Like, one of the things he did when he came back was, his gimmick was, well, you know, like, his excuse for, I think, not doing it besides Burnout was, like, well, you know, I've done all the stuff that I'm nostalgic for or that whatever. Uh, and then, like, he came back, I think, with The Room. And... Uh, or that was The Odd Life Timothy Green. Is the other, that's right. That's Which right. Credit due. That's a good review. I'm, I'm credit yeah. due. That did make me laugh my ass off. Yeah, and I still have fond haha, nostalgia for uh, some of the nostalgic great jokes because he made some funny videos. But mm -hmm. um, like the mask one was really funny, and it's there, it's there. But anyway, um, to the point when he came back, he's like, "Yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll break my rule of doing anything." Or not doing anything before 2000 some whatever, uh, and then it's like okay, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Mm -hmm. It's like there's doing, been bad stuff. Yeah, do, doing things that are still in theaters though. That's I think that that crossed it for me. That went like no, like, like say what you want about cinema sins because God knows we all oh. want to say stuff about them but at oh. least they waited until the thing was fucking out on DVD before they did a video on it mm -hmm. well they like had to like for their like um logistically Style. like yeah without yeah cause they had to yeah. have copious amounts of footage so without pirating it yeah which how, yeah. which how did they how did Something I was curious about, but not curious enough to go back. Like, how did he do reviews while it was still in theater? Did he just talk about it without clips, or...? Yeah, and what promo material was out there. Eh. Yeah. Which, that's, 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 that's lazy. That's bad. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. We, we, I, I, I feel like that's been beat up on. Mm -hmm. I do want to point out, he has some weird-ass grudges. Have you noticed? Yeah. He yeah. Has... He has people he hates that are weird. Who like who? Stephen King. Boy, does he hate Stephen King. Why? Well, okay, because the movies are often pretty bad. The TV That's miniseries... not Stephen King's doing. <laughs> well, actually, no, 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 no. A number of those are Stephen King's doing, in all fairness. Yeah. He's written a number of adaptations of his books for the miniseries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but... I guess that's true. But he he has this thing about King's tropes. Like, even when he's attacking adaptations that King didn't work on, mm -hmm. he is getting at King's tropes. Mm -hmm. And it gets to a point where it's like, if you hate his work this much, why don't you not review it? Right. Because it's just miserableism for those of us that are watching it. Um, mm -hmm. was Shyamalan. Him... Let's not forget uh, his thing on Shyamalan. I don't, and the thing is, I don't even think he's gotten, I don't even think he's given the slightest acknowledgement to the fact that Shyamalan is now back in fine form. You know, he just signed a two-film de two deal with Universal. I did see that. Yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah, because it turns out 
once Shyamalan, you know, got his head clear and realized what it is that he's good at doing, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the films got good again. He's he's just scored his second hat trick for me. Yeah. With because uh, he's just done three really killer films in a row with uh, uh, the visit, um, split, split, and mm. it joys my heart so goddamn much to say this glass glass, which I still need um, to watch. So I, I'm going to buy uh, the the Blu-ray trilogy. Um, the Walmart put out. Um, Glass, when I do my end of the year list, Glass is going to be very high on it. Yeah, one thing, one thing I did read, and it's, yeah, one thing I enjoyed was um, Doug and Rob doing the uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender uh, reviews because mm-hmm. they were genuinely fans. They did like it. Yeah, and it, that showed. But you know, he riffs on. Um, uh, Shyamalan for doing that. It's like, yeah, a lot of fans, like including me, like didn't forgive him for that for a long time. But then, like I don't know, maybe a year ago, I actually read a thing like a more full account of what happened. And it's yeah. like, well, he was actually the only one that gave a shit about the material, and he tried hard to make it, and eventually just kind of had to throw his hands up and go, well, they're not going to let me make my version. They're not going to let me do it proper. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's thing that really does bug me is that mm-hmm. Shyamalan didn't have any power, you know, because he had no control over the casting. Yeah, and that was that was something that like kind of I could not like in my in my own head like what's the word I'm looking for? Um, consolidate like or couldn't reconcile reconcile. Re- thank you yeah. exactly. Uh, is that I know that he's a fan of the show. Like, there's a whole thing on the second uh, uh, second season DVD, like the original release, like where he talks about like becoming a fan of the show with his kids, and and it was his idea to make the movie. And it's like, well, how does that make sense? It's like, yeah, that makes more sense. That makes yeah. more sense to me that he did not have creative control. For those that don't know, he even had the script taken out of his hands. Ugh. Which that has to be hell when you're a director, mm-hmm. and you have to then go out with the script credited to you. Mm. But it's not his. It is not his. And thing is, when you tell me that it's not actually his final draft, I believe you because it doesn't feel like Shyamalan. Like Mm-mm. whatever else you want to say about the village, which I'm sort of coming around on, yeah. and the happening, which I have no idea what to think of. At least <laughs> those feel like him. At least those feel like him. This did not feel like him. Mm-hmm. And it's because it really wasn't. And also, it has to really be stressed. The mm-hmm. actress that played Katara was has basically had her career bought and paid for by her dad. Yeah. Uh, this this would happen again on Transformers uh, 4. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, her, her dad apparently has a lot of money in it, Paramount, and sure wants the little girl to have a career. Mm-hmm. So you get your you get two rounds. First, you get the one where you're the child, and then you get the part where they're going to try and make you the next Megan Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in conclusion, the movie industry can go to hell. That's all I want to say. Yeah. But here's but yeah. it, but let me get back to Doug Walker and M Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. I blame Doug Doug Walker for a lot of the racist bullshit that's been flung at Shyamalan. He sure likes mispronouncing his name. Oh oh yeah 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 he does doesn't he? And. Uh. I, Again, I just his reviews on Shyamalan's movies are baffling to me. Mm-hmm. 
And so there's Shyamalan, and then there's the Wachowski sisters. Good mm-hmm. God, what did they ever do to him? Mm-hmm. He hates them. Like, I don't... Like, I haven't seen all their movies. Uh, but I have seen... Um, like, I do... I Except for, you know, barring the Matrix sequels, which I don't... You know, I don't think they wanted to make anyway. Um... But, but I, I will say this: I am sh- I am real excited about making for the new four, though. Yeah. Now this now this feels like okay if, now because it's uh, Lana Wachowski is going to direct, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, this is the one we really wanted to make. Yeah, exactly. Like it's you know, twenty years later they don't have to like on that. Uh, my understanding of the sequels was Warner Brothers said, well, you know. We want to make Matrix sequels. And they're like, well, we we don't really. And they're like, well, too bad. With or without you, we're going to make them. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, well, we'd rather have our version out there then. Yeah. Well, what they mm-hmm. wanted to do was to do a sequel and a prequel was what they wanted to do. Ah. So if you want to see what they wanted to do, uh, watch mm-hmm. the Animatrix. Yes, and which is wonderful. Short... The Animatrix is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's... I would... Ugh. See, I like... see... Go ahead. It would be a fucking disaster if doug ever tried to do cloud atlas oh. oh my god which is funny because you talk about uh stuff about cloud atlas one of the writers of the new matrix movie is the writer of the novel uh cloud atlas hey nice. yes we know what yes we know what he thought of that adaptation <laughs> yeah Gee. and i i love what they did with the adaptation because yeah, um they figured it out yeah, they figured out a way to tell all of Cloud Atlas in a way that would work best for cinema. How, like, what, what's the deal with the novel? Like, how did that, like, okay, is it long? So or? The, okay, so the film is more like a tapestry where okay. everything is intertwined. The novel is set up like a nesting dolls. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So you get, you know, the first story, and then it will go up to a point, and mm-hmm. then it will go to the next era, and then, like, all the way down to, like, the far-off future, and then mm-hmm. it'll work backwards. Yep. Okay. It is, wow. It's a really cool structure. And again, I don't want to hear Doug Walker not understanding that. That's the thing. <laughs> How in the hell is Brazil one of his favorite films? Because he has not shown me any sign that he would get it. Mm. Lord, he probably he probably loves the the uh, he probably likes the Love Conquers All version. I'll bet he does. <laughs> I'll bet he does. <laughs> it's my personal and joke, it, but yeah, probably in actuality. God, oh God, I I cannot stand it. So, um, but as I said, we mm-hmm. one thing one thing that we do have to address, and and I only want to because I we we are very lawsuit conscious. Yes, we we want to acknowledge there have been sexual harassment allegations inside of Channel Awesome. Yeah, uh, some some of the people up high in the business have allegations against them. Mm-hmm. I will say the company did not handle the allegations well, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's the... all I want to. That's all I want to say about that. And the doc also handles that. Um very yeah. yeah because law because i'm sure lawsuits are still ongoing like it 
It says, okay, there's very limited stuff we want or have to say about this, but just know mm -hmm. that it exists. And I and I and I'm gonna take this moment to to address something that is very painful that mm -hmm. I, I don't like getting into. Okay. We have to acknowledge that there is a lot of smoke around Brad Jones. Um mm. finding sourcing for it is extremely difficult. Yeah, so there's very limited lot, stuff we can say about it because we also don't want to be hit with like slander. We we Yes, slander. Slander. We want yes. to we want to acknowledge that uh, especially from uh, Pregler, who was a very close friend of Jones, mm -hmm. that there's a lot of stuff that has come out from her talking about her time in that friendship where you come to find out Jones is maybe not a very good person. Mm -hmm. uh, I have not watched his reviews since about July yeah. when a lot of this stuff came out. And it got to a point, it should be noted, that there is ongoing he said, she said stuff on that. Yeah. Jones has some allegations about her. She has some allegations about him. Yeah. I don't know what the truth is, but I know that I can watch how he's handled it and say that my life is fine not watching anything he does ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I hate and, that. And I, I guess now would be a good time as any to say that, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. We We've talked about, you know, Brad and how some of his stuff was great. I mean, even going oh, back yeah. to my first episode with all y'all, we mm -hmm. when we did a uh, God's Not Dead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Times have changed. To, it's hard to walk away from that stuff. Honestly, the last thing that I watched from him before I was like, I can't ethically support this anymore was his review of Until September. And it's mm -hmm. great. It's it's fantastic. I would recommend it, except that I can't recommend it ethically because he is a scumbag. Mm -hmm. He is a scuzzy human being, and I just can't support this guy anymore. Reportedly. 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 The thing is, you know what though? No, I'm I'm not gonna say reportedly. No. Because I can because I can judge the behavior that I have seen from the man. Mm -hmm. In his actions, in what he has said online, in what he has done in interviews, in mm -hmm. what he, you know, he, because I want to be clear, he threw everybody on the Change the Channel document under the bus. Ah. And yeah, on that basis alone, on that basis alone, I can throw him, I can say he's a scumbag. Because that's, and also that's my personal opinion. I'm not. Right. I yeah. Can, his, to me. And it's one of those things, you start to go, okay, no wonder you like exploitation movies so much. You're an exploitative piece of shit. <laughs> and it's, and I'm going to say mm -hmm. this, there are some other creators that I've heard eh, things about mm -hmm. that I'm not completely comfortable with, and I'm still watching them. Mm -hmm. One thing we do have to remember is these are human beings. Yeah. And I do want to point out that to me, the entire Channel Awesome situation is this bizarre case where a bunch of these people who were basically just out of college or mm -hmm. were, you know, thereabouts, suddenly were thrust with this bizarre internet cult following. Mm -hmm. And it had to warp their minds mm -hmm. because, the, because it was, not, you know, I, I'm really fascinated by how at each step of the review evolution, you've seen guys like, you know, 
I'll tell you who Brad, who, who Doug Walker reminds me of more than anybody else. And he mm-hmm. is not as bad as this person. He is not as problematic as this person. Mm-hmm. Doug Walker reminds me a lot of Harry Knowles from Andy Kornos. Oh, yeah. Now, now Harry Knowles is a certified monster. Yes. Let's just call it. Yeah. Uh, the sexual harassment accusations against him don't even matter because we can just use his own words. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I'll put it this way. I would do readings of reviews of Harry Knowles, except mm-hmm. I would then have to shoot myself because I would feel so disgusting. Mm. Uh, has anybody here read his review of Heroes? Haven't. Nope. All right. Um, I have two words for y'all. Perpetual mm-hmm. virgin. Uh, okay, is that a word he used? That is a... It is more or less a concept that he went into extensive mm. thoughts on. In noting that the show had a teenage girl who was indestructible. Right. And I'm going to... Oh my god, I'm going to vomit after I say this. Uh, uh-huh. I'm not even going to say it. Just do the math. Everything mm. heals. Do the math. Uh... Because you see, I am not a monster like Harry Knowles. But to go back to Knowles, and I used to be a huge fan of Knowles' site, I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. The thing about Knowles was he got a cult following, and it went to his head. Mm-hmm. And like Doug Walker, his best people worked beneath him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Doug Walker, he fostered a tremendous amount of talent. Uh, people that worked for him have gone on to uh, get professional movies made. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, one of the big one of the big writers they had for years was a guy by the name of uh, C. Robert Cargill, mm-hmm. uh, who wrote for that site for many years, and he is now the writing partner of Scott Derrickson. And they've oh, done nice. the uh, Doctor Strange, and they did Doctor Strange together. Nice. Good. So that's that's the level of uh, you know Drew McWeeny who is still just a great. God, I don't want to think about eighties all over coming to an end. Mm, yeah, you know, so so that's kind of the same. It's the same situation. Knowles watched his empire fall away because of this. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. There are so many great critics that I follow on Twitter today that were under Knowles, mm. and it's the same thing with. Uh, and it's the same thing with Doug Walker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things. I'm not shocked. I want to briefly talk about the game show thing. Can we, can we talk about the game show? Yes, Devon? we can. Yeah, I let's do, go into that. I do that, remember this. Fun. So, a brief... Uh, they did, what, what was it? Indiegogo? Was it Indiegogo? Indiegogo. It was yes, Indiegogo. Indiegogo. And this Indiegogo. was uh, right when uh, Doug returned or... Yeah. From, yeah. Uh, whatever demo reel and mm-hmm. resumed the role as nostalgia critic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, making like sort of like a soft reboot of Channel Awesome, I guess yeah. you could call it that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they did a Indiegogo campaign where they had planned to do like game shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had promised like so many episodes of a certain game show. Yeah. And they had, yeah, yeah, like previews and all that. And then, according to the document, uh, 
basically they like like the studio was having money problems and they couldn't quite get the pilot of one of them right like they were perpetually unsatisfied in fact they did the like they did like redos with the same contestants and the same questions which uh, stilted to me but uh oh yeah it was rigged as all hell let's be clear yeah and they like after like a year they did not deliver and then uh indiegogo like it forced indiegogo to launch a like launch an investigation into them to basically like for fraud to see if they like like took the money and ran and so like okay so they released the they were unsatisfied with it but they released the first episode and then they released the first 12 episodes to uh fulfill the obligation of well we tried you know to show an effort and uh then they did nothing else with it they i think they had like a few episodes released of the comic show they never even mm -hmm. touched the game show they never touched the game show Nope, or the gaming show. They were going to do a show about oh, gaming. Oh, yeah, about gaming, yeah. Yep. They, 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 to be blunt, if they had not gotten away with the technicalities, they they would have completely been in fraud. Mm -hmm. I think that if Indiegogo had pressed them harder, because I think it really came down to Indiegogo didn't want to deal with such a, a high-profile... Yes. Uh, you, I think they were too high-profile for Indiegogo mm -hmm. to not want to look bad. I think Indiegogo should have pressed them and gone, no, 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 no. You, mm -hmm. you, you, you committed fraud. You yeah. have to refund people's money. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, and by the way, the game show was called Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Yes. A reference to Speed. Is that is, really? I'm telling you, it's a quote from Speed. I'm telling you, his taste doesn't evolve. You know, I brought mm -hmm. up Scorsese. One of the reasons that his movies are so great is because I think he's perpetually interested in what's new and what's going on. And mm -hmm. he adapts and he changes. I'm telling you, Doug Walker is stuck. I said 2005. That was maybe optimistic. Mm -hmm. I think he's stuck in 1999. Yeah, I think he's be. Taste, he is. And, and you know what kills me is he didn't really go after all the nostalgic stuff he could have gone after. No. There were mountains of movies that he could have left. There was, where is all the HBO crap that's now forgotten mm -hmm. that he could have dug into, resurrected? I'm sitting here, and off the top of my head, I can think of, he barely touched the sports genre. Mm -hmm. He promised he would. He barely touched it. Did he ever do the Mighty Ducks? He never did the, uh... the Mighty Ducks. That's it, like the that's like the top of my head example. Like you know, he never touched it. He never touched those movies. You could uh, do a month on those. Wow, there were three and of there, them. <laughs> there were three of them. Mm -hmm. You could have, and they're ripe for material. There's mm -hmm. there's good. I think there's good and bad about them. Mm -hmm. Overall, I like the films. Um, side notes: Did you know the kid that played uh, Charlie Banks is now uh, uh, a severe heroin addict? Oh. Is he? No, 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 no. He went on to Dawson's Creek and Fringe. Ah, but it's gotcha, funnier gotcha. to say that. Yeah, oh, no, geez. actually, Joshua Jackson has had one hell of a career. Good. Actually, <laughs> like, y'all bring up 1999, and uh, uh -huh. when he returned, he did. He tried 
like for a brief period he tried doing editorials. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that. Those were and and he did one on American Beauty where the thumbnail oh. was the famous shot of yep. the girl in the rose petals but mm-hmm. with Doug's oh. face on it. Oh. Uh, like yeah. Doug face over Kevin Spacey's? No, no, no not Kevin Spacey. The girl. The girl. Yeah, we, the girl probably... it, that's in the fucking uh, rose bath or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. By the way, fun fact about that shot. Do you know that shot's composite? Is it really? There are two women in that. There is a uh, body shot. Uh, I forget what the model's name is, but we know who the hand model is because she recently came out and addressed it. Yeah. Oh? Yes, because it turns out she's actually still working. Ah. A lot. Nice. Yep, that is the hand of Christina Hendricks. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, uh, really, I don't have anything more to say beyond, man, she was great in Toy Story 4. And, mm-hmm. uh, also, I hate American Beauty with every cell in my body. I, I, I go atomic when I think about it. And if you're like, well, everyone thought it was problematic then. I'm like, yes, I know. I did too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not now thinking this. I, I want to strangle every character in that movie until it's just, oh my God, I hate every white privileged asshole in that movie. And hey, it's kind of, it doesn't help at uh, the age much that uh, Kevin Spacey oh. is the main character. Uh, <laughs> I mean, awesome. if you're going to strangle everybody in the film, just do it with that plastic bag that he films. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know what? Family Guy got the best joke in about that. Where God is looking at going, it's a piece of trash. Can oh, you stop yeah. to think about your circulatory system? <laughs> That's right. But oh, you know, God. here's the thing. We've been building, we've been we've been we've been talking about these things, and all this stuff is what's known. But we're really looking at the past. Mm-hmm. It's time to look at the present. So mm-hmm. Albert, you wanna pull up a chair? Sure. I'm pull up a chair. Zephyr, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, listeners, dear listeners, uh, if you've been a fan of the film room, you might uh, you might have seen that I I do some articles for the site every now and then, and one of those that I poured my heart and soul into was an analysis and critique of the 1982 adaptation of Pink Floyd's The Wall mm-hmm. and discussing how what what is in the film uh, we're seeing today and where exactly we are with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's some of my best work, probably. I'm, I'm not Indeed. ashamed to admit it. Mm-hmm. Mostly because, like, the thing that helped me was that I am a fan of Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. A, a rather large fan. And I'm pumped that uh, later this year we're going to get yet another box set of of unreleased goodies. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, nice. But the wall... If you're going to do like a basic 
surface level recommendation. Mm-hmm. It's got it's got fucked up shit in it. Uh-huh. But the fucked up shit that people refer to are the animated sequences. Yeah, no, there's way more beyond that. <laughs> like like the trial, the mm-hmm. flower fucking, uh yeah. the gorgeously animated uh morph sequence. And that's during, just uh, that's just ripped from the stage show, right? That's the thing they made for the stage show. Well, here's the thing. Am I wrong on that? Okay, mm-hmm. so late seventies, we get the wall, the album. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Uh, Fantastic album. I'm a big fan of it. And then uh, in 1980 to 1981, Pink Floyd does a tour of that. Mm-hmm. Which uh, includes some lengthier solos, and then they add some songs into the set list that didn't make it onto the album because back then that was only available on vinyl. Mm, right. Which and limited space. You can only put so much on vinyl. Mm-hmm. So. After that, we get to 1982, and we have the film adaptation, which uh, we have reorchestra, uh, like rearrange songs, and uh, most notably, we have uh, the song "When the Tigers Broke Free." Yes, which would be reinserted into the final cut. The album, the final cut, mm-hmm. in 2004. Hmm. Um, just and the song is basically providing the backstory of Pink's father and how he died mm-hmm. in World War Two. Hmm. And then, okay, so 82, the film's released. Uh, it screens at Con, I believe, with uh, mixed results. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was a mixed. Re- it was that was the way to describe the reception. Yeah, mixed results. Uh, Cisco and Ebert gave it two thumbs up, mm-hmm. which good for them. And Ebert would later put the film on, you know, films that you should absolutely see in one of his later books. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Again, we just want to stress Ebert knew his shit. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then the wall would be adapted uh, as a stage show again in 1990 mm-hmm. in Berlin when mm-hmm. the wall came down. <laughs> yes. Kidding. And that had a fucking stellar cast like Thomas Dolby, Cindy Lauper, you have Tim Curry in the Damn. trial sequence. Damn. And uh the late Albert Finney. Oh. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. There was fucking star power in that. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until 2013 that Roger Waters uh retooled uh, the the stage show for the wall and brought it into the the now mm-hmm. with uh, with more relatable 
themes about power and sex and mm -hmm. government and mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Which was then adapted into a 2014 concert film, which is fucking fantastic in mm. five one, I might add. I may need to get a hold of this. Yes, you absolutely should. It is the best two plus hours of your life. Dang. I think like, we can. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go on, man. I just, I, I just, I think we can safely say that your research credentials on this are impeccable. Mm -hmm. Why, well, thank you, lads. That's going to make what's coming so much more fun. Mm -hmm. So. With all that groundwork we have in front of us, uh, let's discuss uh, mid-September. Mm -hmm. Doug Walker puts up a video of one of his reviews of the 1982 film. Mm -hmm. And he managed to get to Corey Taylor from Slipknot, as well as his son, as actors, even though they don't really act. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he hired like a like an outside animator for some of the 3D sequences. He's hyping it up on Facebook with like stills from from the review including a doll like a rag doll version of the critic in similar vein of pink mm -hmm. unfortunately one of those photos includes the uh some of the sequences where pink becomes a fascist and mm -hmm. holds a rally mm -hmm. yay which you don't want to be fucking doing in 2019 unless you have a damn good understanding of the film and mm -hmm. album. Oh, they do a parody of that? Albert. Yeah? Okay. Yeah? So, the review is essentially... The first act, up until, like, they stop after Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. Mm -hmm. In which they, in which Doug comments on how singing about how school sucks isn't really all that new. Throw a pair of balls and talks about the U.S. education system. Which is completely irrelevant to a song that was a sharp criticism of the British school system, which is nightmarish, as anybody who has ever read a goddamn book would know. Uh -huh. or, or watched the fucking film. Right. And then... And then after his parody of Another Brick Part 2... Mm -hmm. He rearranges some of the scenes within the film mm -hmm. uh, by 
by doing his own version of all the kids on the train going past. And one of the characters is like, is this a World War II reference? This is kind of heavy-handed. Uh, uh, uh. Not if it's not if it's what you're talking about. Uh huh. It's kind of the whole fucking thing, huh? Hitler's list kind of overdid it on the whole Nazi thing. (laughs) God. Okay, so he stops there. He doesn't even get into the entire fucking second act where Pink becomes a rock star Mm -hmm. or at least in a band and is kind of a burnout Mm -hmm. and has a fucking psychotic episode in the hotel Mm -hmm. where he tears the room apart. Mm -hmm. Then Bob Hoskins has to come rescue him. Oh, no, that's later. That's yeah? later. Oh, that is later. Okay. Oh, I should mention that the uh, Bob Hoskins role is played by Brad. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So. Uh, it's not one-to-one, but it feels a little fitting. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I will mention that uh, since we brought it up earlier when mm-hmm. he did when he did reviews of stuff that was still in the theaters he would use like promo clips or whatever mm-hmm. he doesn't use he only uses still photographs of the movie of the movie of that's been well, out for like 30 plus years yeah. And is there aren't actually any rights issues keeping it out of print. It's actually, uh, as we have discussed many times already, multiple times on this cast, mm-hmm. actually pretty easy to get your hands on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> My brother had a copy in Conway, Arkansas. Yikes. Yeah. <sighs> Again, not that Just... fucking difficult, but he managed to do it. <laughs> Just so. This is so uncomfortable. Oh god! Keep going. Keep going. Okay. So. Doug can't fucking sing. He can't fucking write. Mm-hmm. He can't fucking critique. Mm-hmm. His critiques are. It's too heavy-handed. It's too pretentious. Mm-hmm. It's going on way too long. You know. For a 95-minute film. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Please tell me, guy that made a four-hour movie about video critics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, in his parody of Goodbye, Blue Sky, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is a gorgeous animated sequence about uh, death and the folly of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, he calls it an Oscar bait song. It was no. on the album. Mm-hmm. It, which thus makes yeah. it ineligible for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. For quite a did, few years. Mm-hmm. You would know if you'd done... I'm Any sorry, research. I'm just, your, I'm just seeing your thing about all the research that you did, Zephyr. And I know that a lot of it was just being a fan. 
but I'm still sitting here thinking about all the information that you had at hand for us. Whereas I can tell he did none of this research. Or you know what? Here's the thing. He probably knew it wasn't uh, an Oscar bait song, but the didn't Oscar care. bait joke. Yeah, he didn't care. Mm-hmm. He just didn't care to quote from a much better parody source. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's jump into the fascist stuff. Oh, yes, let's. To. Yes, because mm-hmm. in the flesh, or at least his version of it, is not about uh, mm-hmm. pointing out random people in, in the crowd that are mostly minorities and wanting them either mm-hmm. pulled out of the arena or, you know, fucking shot, which, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen. Mm-hmm. We've fucking seen that. No. No. It's about cancel culture uh, and probably a swipe at change the channel uh, I want to slam this man against a wall and scream in his face right now because he replaces the hammers with hashtag which A isn't no doesn't even remotely work as a, no you know, an arm gesture, let alone, no. you know, anything. But, you know, let's talk about the fact that uh, after the 1982 film was released, we had uh, a white supremacist group called the Hammerskins mm-hmm. oh. that appropriated the hammers and the hammered arm gesture from the film. Did they really? Yes, they did. Yikes. So, we have a legit hate group that borrowed stuff from that sequence, and I should fucking add that Alan Parker, who directed the film, Mm -hmm. got actual white supremacists to be the crowd members in that sequence. That's right, he did. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it's clear at this point this man does not have a fucking grasp on the material whatsoever that you could, at the very least, skim Wikipedia, get what you need, and move on. And this was a video several weeks in the making, probably months. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's even a full a full 3D animated sequence that's an homage to the marching hammers, but it's with cell phones. This feels so tone deaf. This is all very tone deaf. This is worse than tone deaf. This Mm -hmm. is frightening. Mm -hmm. Very, very fucking frightening. Mm-hmm. Because like he has like he's in the fascist garb and then like Unsharpy has like person you hate here because you know mm-hmm. 
he's supposed to stand in for those kind of people and like and then we get to the trial no wait no not the trial because he rearranges the sequence of songs by bringing by putting bring the boys back home after waiting for the worms mm -hmm. which is a not something you do mm -hmm. and b it's literally about bring the runtime down it's 95 minutes mm -hmm. wow he seriously put a song in there about the thought that a 95-minute movie was too long. Oh. <laughs> oh, there's more, fellas. Oh, There's wow. way more. Okay, so. Back to the film. Uh, the one song that is noticeably absent from the film is Hey You. Hey which... Uh-huh. Which kicks off uh, the, the second, second the whole second half of the album, yeah, yeah, the whole second half. Mm -hmm. uh, it was done for editorial reasons, and some of the footage that made that was recorded for "Hey You" ended up being used for another "Brick in the Wall" part three. Mm -hmm. This is explained on the DVD. Because they include that entire sequence as an extra. Hmm. This is this is in the movie, not the review. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're, 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 yeah. The, the Parker film, which yeah, yeah. Hey, you is not in the film. I know Parker was pretty extensively involved in the DVD. I'm pretty sure because they tried to make it as definitive a document as they could of the film. On the album that Doug released, he also does a parody of Hey You. Uh-huh. In which he comments that why was this song cut and we're, we're going to do the same thing and not include our version of Hey You in the review. Meta! So wait, wait. Let me, let me um, get it straight. He has a song about the runtime being too long, and then he has another song right after about why was this song cut. I mean, yeah. his version of Hey You falls exactly where you think it does. Like, if we're going, mm -hmm. if we're comparing his version with the actual version. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Still, like, that's that's two contradictory things. It feels directionless. That feels that kind of cements a we're just we're doing a Simpsons we're nitpicking on random things that we don't understand. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. Go Which on. brings us to the trial. Uh huh. The trial is without a doubt one of the most lopsided things I have ever seen in my life. Uh huh. Because. If you remember, in some of Doug's older videos, he did some of his own illustrations. Yeah. 
Now that you mention it, yeah. Yeah, which were garbage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very primitive. Mm-hmm. He uses... He does some of his own animation in Goodbye Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. And once he labels the eagle as ego. Okay. And, you know, the critic as pink. And it's like, <laughs> the fuck? But this is all of Doug's shitty 2D work. Mm-hmm. The trial is uh, the outside artist fully 3D animated work. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug's critique with the trial is that we don't know where these characters came from. Oh, okay. Which, if you were paying attention to the fucking film, you would understand that they were representations of people in Pink's life. Mm-hmm. People that he either alienated, like his wife, mm-hmm. or, or his mother, know, or the school teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the entire point. Yeah, because that is a dramatic device that has never been used over and over and over and over again and can be re- and is instantly recognizable. No. Yeah, that's at the end of that's used at the end of Rocket Man. It is one it's of great the most effect. common mm-hmm. devices on Earth. It's a good device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd rather be watching Rocket Man right now. <laughs> again. It's really but, good. I'm going to okay. get, I'm, go- I'm gonna get to it soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, continue. So the trial, um, we've got like really bad character design, like almost nonsensical character design, like, mm-hmm. like to say that you know it it would be fine for like deviant art or whatever, you oh. know that Ooh. critique's been made. Right, right, right. It's a dead horse. Mm-hmm. But there's a nugget of truth in that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, there's no logic as to what the character is, who they are, what their personality is. Like, if I submitted any of those designs in my college classes, I'd be asked to redo all of those assignments. You're talking about in the review version? In the review. Wow. Yeah. And there's like four, like three to five different characters. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Doug is green screened into this, like professional green screen. Oh. Uh-huh. As opposed to the shitty green screen that he normally does mm-hmm. and uses in the video early on. Mm-hmm. Um... They even do the fucking Game of Thrones dragon wing shot. Okay. With Doug as, you know, flanked by the wings as the camera moves, and it's like, oh. Ah. Reference. Mm. Yeah, it's a reference. You get Mm -hmm. it, right? It's a reference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's familiar. 
references. Exactly. And then, uh, at one point, they just fucking straight up lift lyrics from the trial into their version of the trial. Mm-hmm. But swap the word defecate to decapitate. Why? I don't know. You fucking tell me. <laughs> okay. Makes me want to decapitate. That makes, <laughs> that makes no sense in any context. Exactly. Nah. Yeah, nah. there's no giant judge talking out of his ass in, in this video. Right. There's no, none of that. Okay. Um. And then Doug breaks the wall with this ugly-ass grimace. Like, it's a real shit-eating grin. Uh-huh. And then... And then we get to one of the more infuriating parts of this video, in which Corey Taylor, who has said not a word so far in this 45-minute video... Mm-hmm. He, uh, he yells at Doug, asking, you know, why doesn't he have a line, or why is this not, like, an actual review? Mm -hmm. And he's asking, you know, what are your thoughts? And Doug sums up his thoughts in five fucking seconds. How long is this review? 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Yes, it 40 is. minutes it's too damn long uh-huh. right and he says that you know it's pretty good and quite a ima- uh, quite imaginative mm-hmm. and that's it that's all he says that's all he says then what's the fucking point of the whole thing of the whole like, quote-unquote review of the whole video. What's the point of doing this? It's not criticism. You're just... It's it's not criticism. It's not a roast, because he spends the entire thing punching down at it for all of the wrong reasons, because, again, Mm. he has no grasp of the source material. Mm -hmm. Absolutely none, other than it was weird. It was around when I was around. Uh, uh. I feel like and this... It... Go on. And then mm-hmm. it ends with Corey Taylor doing the Spongebob theme. Okay. Um. And then the video fucking ends. Okay. No, no reason. No, um... Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. Like, I would not be surprised if this single-handedly causes Doug to rethink some things. Because Mm -hmm. if this was a ploy to try and end the critic, Mm -hmm. he did a fucking good job. Because it was one of the worst, one of the worst things I've ever seen. 
But Zephyr, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. I think he intended this as his comeback. I think he saw that things were falling for him. And mm-hmm. so he wanted to, you know, I know viewership is way down. I'm mm-hmm. sure he thought this was going to be his, I'm going to get attention for this. I'm going to get some, you know, people are going to be impressed with this. Look how hard I worked on this. Mm-hmm. We can debate back. We can debate how hard he actually did work. Well, I here, know. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Something that stuck with me in uh, film school. My um, um, my first ever film teacher, Todd Norris, who just celebrated his um, I don't know what age, but he just celebrated his birthday recently. Hi, Todd. Uh, like he, like we were, um. Like, I think our main assignment, this is like the intro to film class, was to purposely make a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I believe. And he's like, yeah, something that's, uh, something I'm starting to realize is that it takes just as much effort to make a bad movie as it does to make a good movie. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the truth. Um, mm-hmm. That's where, you know, that's where I look at Walker and I'm like, yeah, I think you're putting effort into this. Mm-hmm. But if it's effort coming from a rotten source. Yeah. Oh, it's the whole thing. I, I should mention that he compares the, uh, like, one aspect of the plot of the wall to the room. Uh huh. What does he like, say? Like, uh, the whole. Like he talks about the the part where uh, the wife leaves pink and how it's you know supposed to be dramatic or whatever and it mm-hmm. over the top and it's like just like the room and it's like no nah fuck off <laughs> no 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 fuck no off but that's but that's Doug Walker. You know, it occurs to me more and more that the room for him is an easy punching. God, all of his things that he punches at are easy targets. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have complicated, deep benches. I think I've punched more on what happens in Ve- what happens in Vegas on this cast mm-hmm. than he has punched on any targets that didn't make the top uh, ten of any of their given box office years. You know. Mm-hmm. Or that weren't like cult classics. It's so shallow. And why would you do this if you didn't want to actually say something about the material? If I spend 40 minutes talking about something, you're goddamn right. I have something to say about it. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I feel like this is a wonderful nutshell for everything that's wrong with Doug Walker. Mm hmm. You know, when we did that, uh, we when we did that cast back in 2015, I made the argument that he doesn't that he doesn't really believe in anything he says. Right. I've I've come to the horrifying realization that's not true. Yeah. I think he believes almost everything that he says, and what he doesn't believe, he's saying for an easy, cheap laugh because he's an he's greedy. Do Do you remember? Um. Do you remember? Uh, the whole controversy with Mara Wilson, like when he, yeah, like he was doing a review. I forgot what it was, 
He did several reviews where he just was vicious to her. Yeah, and then, like, only when he, or when she reached out and went, uh... Did <laughs> they, he he yeah. crumbled like a paper bag. Yeah, did. By the way, she's another one I still follow. Yeah, absolutely. She's wonderful. She's funny. She's funny. Mm-hmm. They just they just recently celebrated uh the twenty fifth anniversary of Matilda, like the cast did. Like there's a reading yeah. of it online you can watch. Yeah. Pretty Yeah, amazing. they they did a yeah, that was really cool. I and uh mm-hmm. by the way, keep in mind you can really read a lot of it in Doug Walker by the fact that he hated Matilda. Oh. Which keep in mind, uh, Zephyr, are you aware of how we of the context in which we watched that movie for the cast? Because there is kind of an interesting context. Mm-hmm. I I think I remember bits and pieces of how that came together, but I I've actually still haven't seen Matilda yet, oh, and really? I know that I probably fucking should. Yes. Here's the context. I loved the book so much that I had trouble bringing myself to watch the movie. Oh yeah, see, that's right. Watch, that's right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to see them screw it up. And hey, and, guess what? <laughs> Good news! Great news! Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen it get screwed up because it turns out Danny DeVito is actually a little too talented to do so. <laughs> the movie version is about as 100% spot on as you could get, and mm-hmm. Doug hated it. Do, do we really even have to go any more into his taste? And that's nah. the thing. He, he is a shameless suck-up to celebrities. It is pathetic. Like, considering, like, all of the non-channel awesome crossovers he's done, mm-hmm. we've got mm-hmm. Cinema Sins. We had uh, John Jafari, a.k.a. JonTron, and yep. that's a whole other fucking can of worms. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we had Greg Sestero. We yep. had him interview Wiseau at one point. Oh, did he really? Yeah, like Boy, those, he they're... and Rift Tracks actually teamed up at one point. Mm-hmm. To like when they were doing uh like another version of the Room Live. Yeah, they they managed to get an interview together with Wiseau. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have all of those people, and then you have, uh, you know, Corey Taylor, and, mm-hmm. like, it's fucking it, embarrassing. It is, and, I mean, he really, he, it really is about fame for him. It really is. You know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Walker did this this year. There was another group of people that also did a concept comedy album. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend that you all give that one a listen, if you will. Because I, these... it is it the uh uh the don't Bash get, Brothers. Don't get, don't get ahead of me. <laughs> See the because yes, it is the Bash Brothers experience. Uh-huh. A concept comedy album. Slash video centered around Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco's uh, days on the Oakland A's when they were up to their eyeballs in steroids. That is a concept that the Lonely Island put together. It is on Netflix. It is a quick watch. It is 
the Lonely Island. So I don't even I don't do I do I have to say it's awesome because it's hell no, no. <laughs> because okay you know what um and this is gonna be my chance to also say if y'all haven't seen Pop Star yet for the love of God drop everything and do so yeah <laughs> because the Lonely Island are comedic geniuses mm-hmm. and it occurs to me they had their heyday about the same time as Doug Walker like they had their real moment where they kind of burnt out at the same time as Doug Walker. Mm-hmm. And they kind of went on a little bit of a hiatus before they made Popstar. Mm-hmm. And I, there's kind of a meta undercurrent running through it about uh, Andy Samberg's character becomes the big star out of the, uh, out of, uh, the group. Mm-hmm. And the other characters are sort of left on the edge, which is kind of what happened in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting that they, that they kind of work that in. They actually kind of deal with that, uh, though there wasn't apparently any actual tension. Mm-hmm. But there is the idea that goes through Popstar of someone who is burnt out, who does get their spark back, and that's what happened with them on that film, because even the deleted songs are genius. Yeah, but as I said, because as, the, one, as I said, the one that's pretty much directly referencing Macklemore is funny. Oh my god, it's. And then it, and then Ringo Starr gets to deliver the punchline. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, the Lonely Island. Another, there's another way that they're really good and incomparable with Doug Walker. They also chase celebrities. Yeah. They're also pretty. Sure yeah, they. That... They definitely uh, got John Waters for uh, the creep. <laughs> which John like. Walker. And uh, holy hell, Michael Bolton. Or not Michael oh. Was it Michael Bolton? No, no, yes, Michael Bolton. Bolton, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lady Gaga. <sighs> Just, you know, people with fucking talent. The reason that the Lonely Island were able to get these guys in, and for the, uh, and uh, for Bash Brothers, they got Sia involved. The reason that they were able to play at that level was they could actually do it. They could actually be worth having these guys in there they were able to compete on that level uh for one thing their music is pretty genius actually if you really listen to it and that's why they were able to get away with doing a concept album about steroid using baseball players because they're that damn funny and also because they actually wound up getting some pretty good points in about fame and the cost of it and the way it wears you out Mm -hmm. see See, that's the thing. Yes, they did it with a bizarre concept, but they had a point about celebrity and about, you know, the horrors of professional sports. They had things to say. What does Doug Walker have to say? Yeah. And I just, and I guess that's kind of the last thing I have to say about him before I never think about him again. Because yeah. I won't think about him again. When this cast ends, I'm going to just put him out of my mind and maybe look into some of the stuff that Zephyr recommended. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I care about good art. Yeah. Yeah. And good criticism. And good criticism. I'll definitely read... You know, Roger Ebert has been dead now uh, nearly uh, seven years. Yes. And I'm going to still be reading his stuff for until I die. Oh. Same. Yeah. Reading it and watching Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. I still you know, need to see his, uh, God, his movie. God bless him that he gave us that. And 
You know, the best part about it is how proud he was of it. Yeah. Yeah. He made he and Rod he and uh, Russ Russ Meyer Meyer. Russ Meyer they made exactly the film they wanted to make. They could not be prouder of it. Good. I still need to watch it. I haven't been able to bring myself yet. It's an experience. Um, Mm. It it is an experience. Yeah, I have Uh, a feeling I'm gonna cry. (laughs) Ebert loved it when uh, Austin Powers referenced it. Austin Powers referenced what? Austin Powers referenced that movie. Did he? There's a there's a direct lift. There's a direct scene lift in that in Austin Powers. Wait, wait. Because again, are we talking about the same movie? Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Oh, I'm talking about Life Itself. Oh, oh, you haven't. Oh, we're talking about Life Itself. Oh God, Life Itself is. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Good, good, good luck watching that. It's it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. It is, however, brilliant. It is yeah. brilliant. It's the film he deserved. It's also a great reminder that, man, Roger Ebert really did support diverse filmmakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ava, du- Ava DuVernay gets a pretty lengthy run in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Good for her. Yeah, no, Eb- <laughs> Ebert was an early backer of hers. Uh, Ebert was a very early backer of hers. So, I'd like to see. Here's the thing. This is how much we hate Doug Walker. We're trying to already go into people that we idolize and respect. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jeez. I, I will say this right now. In terms of, like, YouTube film criticism mm-hmm. and what Doug has done and... Honestly, anger, anger doesn't sell. It doesn't anymore, does it? Yeah, no. It no longer sells. And, like, the only person that could still relatively do anger well is, you know, Mm -hmm. the angry video game nerd, James Rolfe. And Mm -hmm. it's because he's kind of making... It's not even kind of. He's making fun of anger. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you... Like, there are so many, like, nostalgia critic wannabes that spawned from Doug Walker from the early days up until even now that again mm-hmm. anger doesn't sell which like which the by the way reason... remember when oh, sorry uh re- remember when um I, I, did he is he the one started he started like ripping on angry video game nerd like actually trying to uh <coughs> like his recurring thing like he actually tried to get him to respond or something like that that always felt yeah. so forced to me it was it yeah. was and 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 rolf gave him about the attention they needed which is they did a, a crossover review and then that's it yeah pretty much but, well but they've you... done more uh have they? They did uh, both of the uh, Michael Bay Ninja Turtle films. Uh, and which then th- there are movies. reviewed the angry video game nerd movie. Mm-hmm. Just, like, again, anger doesn't sell. It yeah. doesn't it, sell. Like, you know, y'all, go on. Like, y'all know that if I'm angry about a film, I'll let y'all know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He but, her. You did watch The Fanatic. Yeah. And that was a fucking nightmare. 
I'm never going to watch it. Glad I, I drank during that because, good fucking god, I I'm, couldn't. I could never watch it. I'm not aware of this. What is this? John Travolta. Okay. Oh, oh no, no, let me here. Let me make the pitch because I just want to make this pitch, please. Uh-huh. John Travolta plays an autistic film, but uh, horror film nerd mm. who uh, becomes obsessed with a star. Uh, only to be rejected by him because he's an asshole. And the movie was co-written and directed, uh, being the primary idea of Fred goddamn Durst of Limp Biscuit, The guy that thought it would be a great idea to do a cover of Faith that, that subtext was Mad Gay, yo. Oh. And like, it huh. is so... It is so goddamn bad. Like... It sounds terrible. Not even in a, you know, not in the bad way that, oh, you know, it's like The Room or Battlefield Earth. No, this is, it's fucking unwatchable. Sounds mean. Mm -hmm. It is very mean. There are no redeemable characters. Mm -hmm. Hi. That's just, wow. Mm hmm. Yikes. You You know, you talk about anger not selling. You know who is selling nowadays? Mm-hmm. Information. Critics yeah. who come at you and are like, here, you know, talk about Todd in the Shadows. He goes, someone who started with Doug mm-hmm. and has gone on. I would wager that he probably gets more hits nowadays for doing mm-hmm. one hit Wonderland and train records mm-hmm. than he does for doing the pop song reviews. You'll yeah. notice he barely does the pop song reviews anymore. A, because, mm-hmm. I mean, really, pop music is pretty boring right now. And B, mm-hmm. Because you can tell he's having more fun with them. And have you watched? I mean, I'm I'm assuming uh, Zephyr. I know you watch. You still watch his stuff. Have you watched those videos lately? The ones I where fucking he's... love train records. I I think it's... I, you learn so much about the context. You learn so yeah. much about what was going on. He is. They are yeah. so researched. The one on the hustle was incredible. Um, like and. And they're like, good I've criticism more too. Of train records, I do too. I think like, he does too because he clearly enjoys doing it. Yeah, like I, he did mention one about uh, the latest Timberlake album, "Man of the Woods" or whatever the fuck. Maybe as an offhanded yeah. reference, but mm-hmm. I, I still want to see that. I, I think he's gonna get there at some point. I think the the one, if I was trying to think of the one that I would love to see. Um, man, I mean, there are so many, uh, you almost, Eminem is going to, eventually he's going to do, uh, one on Eminem. He's going to have to. Yeah. Because it is, it it is at least nice to know that Eminem apparently isn't an asshole in real life. I I like knowing that. Um, but, but it's one of those things that's just it. I learn about the context. I learn about. Uh, where these people are and you know sometimes you get turned on to really good music uh, I actually have been listening to uh, Arthur Brown because of him uh, nice. Fire Fire is on one of my um, 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 CDs that I've been li- listening to lately I yeah she's trying to force food into my mouth because Lola. But you know, that's just it. I, I think I think if you want a prime example of where internet videos are going, it's that. It's informative, 
there's still criticism in there, but you know, mm-hmm. for one thing, he actually, that dude actually knows what he's talking about. He knows music. He understands it. And I think that's where it's going is the, is to inform defunct land is a big yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I love defunct land. Oh I yeah. I love those videos. I can watch those for hours. Oh yeah. I want to learn about these things. I want to, because yeah, it's, I'm, a, it, I'm a big fan of, um, um, did you know games? Uh, yeah. Did you know movies? I also like, um, uh, 8-Bit Guy, Techbone, uh, yeah, all the informational things. That's what I do, too. And and I, I think that's where, you know, right now, I start, I just did the first version of my uh, column mm-hmm. on uh, B-movies, on B-movie ads. Mm-hmm. And my goal for it is not to riff on them, but to give cultural context to what happened to the B-movie. And it's mm-hmm. going to be probably about a year-long study I'm planning where I'm going to look at different facets of the B-movie, and I'm going to watch a few of them. I don't intend to mock these movies. I want to say, why did the B-movie, you know, because it would be easy for me to go in and go, hey, look at these dumb ads, uh-huh. and I could get some hits. I'm more interested in what's going on, what's the cultural context. Yeah. And that's what we should all be aiming for in our art is, you know, Zephyr, your columns have done the same thing. What are we learning? If, if I'm reading you and I don't take something away from you, then it's useless. And that's mm-hmm. <sighs> Doug Walker had a platform where he could have gone this way. I think if he had, and if he had really gone in the direction of looking at nostalgia, looking at why are things nostalgic? Mm-hmm. And instead he wanted to be mad, bad mystery science theater 3000. He wanted to be bad MST3K, but you know, the guys at MST3K mm-hmm. love that stuff. Yeah, they do. Legit. And I still love them. I, 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 and, and part of the fun of those was that they really wanted to introduce you to the movies. Mm-hmm. They really wanted you to come away from it and be like, okay, now I want to seek this out. Um, my sister uh, said that has said that the brain that wouldn't die scared the hell out of her as a kid watching mm-hmm. it on MST3K. And she's right, because it's actually a legitimately horrifying movie about how men possess women. Hmm. Oh, wow. And that's something that you got from watching MST3K. I have never come away from a Doug Walker video wanting to experience the stuff he reviewed. One of my favorite, uh, uh, actually, no, my favorite MST3K episode I actually own is uh, the Raul Julia PBS movie. Uh, yes, yes. Yes. Over... Overdrawn at the memory Overdrawn bank. At the memory bank. Like it's, it's bad, but it's like, um, it's a good story. <laughs> they want what's it, uh, mm-hmm. I want to say it's John Barley. I want to say was the original writer. So who's uh, amazing mm-hmm. writer? Uh, yeah. But that's just it. They wanted you to come. That was just it. They mm-hmm. wanted you to come away from that episode and go, "Wow, this is a really good Wild Julia performance. I want to see yeah. this out." Yeah. They wanted not, you. Not to mention, you know. Mystery Science Theater won awards for their writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, like you said, it's kind of like a film school because they do throw references in there mm-hmm. that you're only going to get later on oh. if you go back and do the research. Oh, yeah. they did, Those guys do not have a shallow literacy pool. Which, by and, the and, way, they continue in uh, 
uh, the the Netflix like the uh, continuations. And uh, and we can't we've got to look. You know what? I want to take a moment to give while we're trashing people that have gone off their mission and have gone shallow and all that. Mm-hmm. Can we just appreciate that Rift Tracks Live has been doing their theatrical shows nowadays almost exclusively B movies? Yeah. Yes. This, that that like this year it was exclusively B movies. It wasn't easy ones that they could get hits for. It was we're going to bring some obscurities to the big screen and you're going to see them. Uh, and then we're also going to bring back the giant spider invasion because that would be awesome. It I, was. I have not. Oh, you, did you see it? I, I saw the giant spider invasion live. I'm sure if I had been able to get out there, I would have seen it because I love that they, episode of MST3K. They are going to do a, uh, uh, Rift Tracks live release of giant spider invasion i will from what i, will I understand so and i just i'll watch that. that and i do have to take a moment to say they do keep up on the current b movies uh you know of course they they've done asylum flicks and all that uh has have we all have have y'all heard the uh talking cat riff yet not no. yet i need to though <laughs> that was one of my birthday presents to myself last year oh my god I uh, I got a, got got something good to drink. Let me tell you, it is it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I I I still love what they're doing, and and God, I love following uh, Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy on Twitter. Can I just say that? Ooh. I love how angry those two men are. Oh yeah. yeah, especially lately. And then like I've been following Frank Conniff since he I was joined very, Twitter. Yeah, Frank Conniff and, is great. Mm-hmm. Like, for for me to get him to say trans rights, mm-hmm. that was cool. Ooh. That was fucking amazing. Yeah, they're cool. They're they're cool dudes. And you know, these are guys that I can't state the impact that they had on my taste. And it really, I love that we're ending this, Doug. Because I mean, because I'm gonna have to go at some point soon. My thumbs me too. I have to. Uh, I have to eat. <laughs> I love yeah. that we're closing this out by talking about the collective. Uh, you know, obviously the writers have come and gone, but these people that have kept things alive at MST3K, they are what Doug Walker wanted to be mm-hmm. and could never get to. And so my advice to y'all is this. Ignore Doug Walker. Yeah. But do lay down some do lay down some money at rifttracks.com. Give them some of your cash. Watch a few shorts. There is nothing better than sitting down with a big hard cider. And just listening and just l- watching them go to town. Those guys mm-hmm. still rule. Doug Walker stinks. And so mm-hmm. y'all know where to find us. I'm 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 pulling my card. Yes. And just just yes. as just as a reminder, Zephyr, uh, where can we find uh your your stuff? Uh well you can find my articles uh on uh your website yes <laughs> but uh, if you want to follow me on uh, social media it's uh at film spectrum on twitter yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. so <laughs> we will be back and you know who knows maybe this christmas there's a trilogy that will close out or something mm. i don't know yeah yes um, um may be, yeah i'm thinking the same thing there may be, that may be our that may be our christmas gift to y'all is going out that'd be amazing going. yes so we can look to that so all right y'all later 
Yep, Next later. Time.